Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone. Word up. How are we all doing? How Good. are we all bearing up? You're bearing up all right? Good. Good. Hope you haven't done yourself any mischief recently. Did you do yourself some mischief the other day when. Did someone come home early? Oh, come on, mate. You're going to make me talk about that now in an intro. <laughs> no, let's save that for a let's drunk cast. Save that cast. for a drunk cast. <laughs> but I'd say keep your ears, keep your ears open because there's two terrible Craig stories coming for the drunk I'm cast. I'm honest, if that's a teaser, that's oh, a good one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Craig was in full effect. All I'm saying is... You know, sometimes you should be allowed some space Absolutely. In, your, in your own flat to do what, yeah. what sometimes what you need to do. Absolutely. And also, make sure that you have an excuse ready should you have your curtains closed at 2pm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on with this. We're talking about doing a, doing a mischief to yourself. Um, our, our guest today had uh, quite a serious accident, didn't he, not that long ago? I'd probably go as far as to say it was a little bit more than quite a serious accident. <laughs> yeah, that's the understatement of the um, world. I think it's absolutely incredible, and thank God he's still alive. Oh, completely! Because it was fucking surreal. All sort of scars. Um, yeah, and it's that's when we had sex afterwards. Sure, all, all sure, together. Sure. Um, but um, obviously today's guest is Preston, and or Samuel Preston. Samuel Preston. Um, but I guess a lot of you will know him as Preston. Um, Samuel invited us to Brighton. We went down to Brighton. Yeah, to his, little Dino to Brighton. What beautiful house. Yeah, it was well cool, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, he's got his little studio there. Yep. Um, and he talks about, obviously, what he's up to now in regards to recording um, and, and songwriting and stuff. Um, what a life. Um, yeah. We don't necessarily touch on the stuff that you've probably heard people ask Preston. A billion times before. A billion times. Which is um, all, this podcast is all about for it, mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, we really felt like that we could have gone for another hour with Preston. It sounds Sam. ridiculous, but... Um, we was on a parking meter, yeah. and it was literally we we maxed what we could, so we had to literally go. We 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 was governed by that parking meter, but Preston was really gracious, and it was one of the ones like a few of our guests that we've had on where we'd heard him on Scrooge's podcast and just thought, wow, we need, we need to speak to this guy. Yeah. Um, his top five was so well prepped, and he just and. I think I'm an anorak and I know my music. Um, he knows his shit. He really knows his um, shit. And it was a really great top five as well. Yeah. So. And we had a Smith's tattoo off before we even oh, started. Yeah. We, yeah. we were showing each other yeah. <laughs> Smith's tattoos. Absolutely. Um He was just a cracker, wasn't he? 
He was a nice bloke. Yeah. Um, thank you, Sam. Yeah. Really, yeah. Really, really cool, appreciate man. it, buddy. So let's just get on with it. Um, we do all the thank yous Shall at the end. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So this is um, hardcore listing with myself, Chris, and the wonderful Samuel Preston. Enjoy. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Boom, we're recording. We're recording in um, in Brighton. In Brighton. This is the second time we've been to Brighton to record, isn't it? It sure has. First I think our second with... ever podcast was yeah, down here, wasn't Justin it? Justin from uh, Elastica. Elastica. Yeah. Lad, drummer. Yeah. And um, that was cracking, wasn't it? Yeah. And we've come back and uh, this house is rather beautiful, isn't it? It's cool. Some cool artwork on the walls and oh, bits and pieces. You. I like that deck up there. By the way, Sam, that's oh, yeah, well cool. Uh, that's like a uh, that's actually worth loads of money now. Is it? It's a, one of the supreme ones that like. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. It's like a posh one. So People like that, give um, give their liver for that now, yeah, mate. Yeah. So I'm gonna, yeah, I was gonna sell that when I when I run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the voice you can hear is our guest today, which is Samuel Preston. You are. Right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. Thanks for inviting yeah, us. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us down there. Thanks for the coffee blend that you yeah, just prepared right. for us. Do you know what? I've tried I it. One. There's a really nice coffee in there that I get like mail order, but it's right. really expensive, so I'm not. I'm trying not to like have it too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I put a little bit of just the rubbish one that I bought from Tesco. Oh, I I think that you've got guests and thought I'm not going to waste the good shit on these <laughs> yeah. these two scrokes that have just come down from Essex. I'll give them I'll give them gold blend, Debbie. Or I don't know no fucking from Adam. <laughs> Maxwell House for those guys. Um, Sam, when I message you, we've been. Backwards and forwards on on text and yes. stuff, and and it was it was Pip initially when I was speaking to Pip, and we were saying about um, talking about his podcast, yeah, and he said like oh, blah blah blah. We we were off, each week we would chat about who he's recorded with and that, and I didn't know too much about you, yeah. Like, um, you know, I, as an indie club DJ, I used to rinse the ordinary boys and Bless and you. stuff, but I didn't know too much about who you were and and. And and I'm sure we'll talk about the things that you've done, you know, I, that we do all know you for, and, yeah. and hopefully we'll talk about the stuff that some people don't know about you. Um, but Pip was like, you should you should speak to Sam. He's like a really interesting guy, oh. and uh, and so we hit you up, and uh, and you come back with this top five, which which is just a cracker, and uh, and it's as soon as we get any fitness music based. I get super excited. You love it, and uh, and you got you guys got a lot in common. Having listening to your uh, podcast with Pip, which was really good, by the way. Thank you. Um, yeah, you used to have got a fair few things in common. Have you been listening to lots of Chrome Mag since we? Uh... I I I um I checked it out. Yeah. Um. I'm. Yeah. Not spoiler alert. Um, oh yeah. But, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I've been sort of going back through some of the, the hardcore stuff yeah. and that as well. Uh, which I actually roaded for Chromax at CBGB's when I was like a teenager. Fuck off. But it was more like my mate was supporting them. Um, and then we just sort of got, and we just sort of, I don't know, somehow I ended up doing that. And that was uh, just like a very bonkers thing that's happened in my life once. But you could have finished that sentence with, I roaded at CBGB's and that would have been enough, yeah, wouldn't enough. it? Yeah. Like, that's amazing. I never got to go to CBGB's. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, that was, that's the home. Well, of, you can still go, but I think it's like a nail salon or something now. So I can't yeah, it's, 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 it's not the one now, you is do, it? You do look like you need a little 
top up on the nails, <laughs> mate, to be honest with you. So, so was there, did you have any special... We're going to go to your top five in a minute, but were, were there any other top fives that you was thinking of potentially doing? Um, oh, there definitely was, yeah. I, I was thinking... Well, I kind of thought I'd do some, like, things that I like, like maybe just, like, some niche little video games and stuff yeah, like that that yeah. I like. Yeah. But actually, it's just a bit boring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I think it's... I wanted to kind of do one where... Um, people would you know you might I might be able to offer some sort of information and or like knowledge about things that sure. people didn't have already or that they would care about I don't think yeah, yeah, yeah. you know people don't want people yeah. don't really care what my favourite of anything is <laughs> you know? we, we actually had Russell one of our first ones was Russell Lessick from Block Party. he did computer games at did one it? point mm. it was blowing your mind as well wasn't it mm. we, we had you uh, we had Stu trying out VR a couple of about six months ago oh it was like watching Grandad Simpson on it I, <laughs> I'm like oh, oh, oh. my dad my dad is 80 <laughs> And I've just got this PC that's like really like like high end PC thing for for when I was ill, um, and and I've got the VR. So I brought my dad, 80, 80 years old, and he's a pilot. Um, oh, I bet he fucking loves got, that. I've got the there's like a I've got this like big widescreen sort of screen thing, so it's like yeah. sort of immersive as as just without the VR. Yeah. But I've got like a, a pilot kind of, you know, which, whatever you call it, like a... a simulator. Simulator. Yeah, simulator. Yeah, yeah. And literally, I just couldn't get him off it. It was yeah. like absolutely brilliant. And I was, and it's that goes from like, my parents definitely not really approving of me playing video games, sure. so kind of ever. Yeah, no, my, um, my parents are the same. So my, my dad's about your dad's generation. My dad's like 77. Yeah. He's exactly the same with games. Like the only one he'd ever be interested in would get me a flight simulator. Yeah. Place. So if like, well, then I got him. Else. So from that, I got him playing Zelda with me. Really? Like, yeah, and it was like you that's, know, it's, that's it's like unexpected. And it was really nice actually because it's like I I hate the idea that when I'm eighty that I don't I really want I kind of want to understand at least what the world is <laughs> in, sure. in, in you know yeah, kind of sure. as many facets as possible. I think that that even just having that now, like I that I still would want to listen to like whatever the kids are listening to and stuff yeah. like that, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like an elderly man yet, but like I will be. So, and, and I think that's, it's really important. And uh, it was just really nice to get him kind of, you know, like watch Star Wars with him and stuff like that as well. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars is like 35 years old, but I won't wait, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, and it's just, yeah, it's really nice. I got the VR on him and he was playing like the Batman VR thing on PlayStation. Oh, I haven't played that yet. It's really, yeah. it's really, yeah. really good. I love Batman anyway. But um, yeah, it's like it's really nice to to get you know once someone sees that like video games aren't this like like aren't going to make everyone go out and do a school shooting or whatever. Yeah. Actually, like there there can be puzzles yeah. and like there's there, it doesn't it, all it means is like the medium with which it exists. It doesn't mean anything about whether you're you know less and less you you have to go out shooting people and stuff. Mm. It's, well, yeah, because they were so worried about that with games like Mortal Kombat when that came out of the arcades, yeah. which I was at playing and yeah. I've, I've I've only strangled a few stray animals so far so <laughs> well I mean um, if you statistically look at like if you if you look at someone who's done it you know if you look at a school shooter and say like oh well, he played Call of Duty yeah. so does 95% of young men it's like you cannot even no. it's yeah. just bonkers to even yeah. put that as a as a um as a, a kind of statistic, it's just ridiculous. Like playing Call of Duty when we played it, like that put me that that re-emphasized to me how mental war was because you play that yeah. and you die every one second from a bullet you didn't see hit you in the head. Yeah, well, so I, I like, watch Whoa. a lot of like I like like exploitation movies and gore and all yeah, you know eighties yeah. just gory eighties sure. movies and I, and I'm like the most gentle like pacifist yeah. there is. I, I it's I, I hate that kind of argument and the music comes into that as as well a lot, doesn't it? With like yeah. they're all saying like. 
Marilyn Manson, who I guess sort of falls into the category. Yeah, yeah, it it was though, wasn't it? But like Manson, Mm -hmm. bowling for Columbo, and he's in, isn't it? Yeah, and he's just Mm. so charming and brilliant. He's He's the best answer ever because he said, "Like, what would you have said to them school shooters?" He said, "Nothing. I would have listened to them." Yeah, and I just thought, "Great fucking answer." Yeah, Yeah. he's been on to. He's had some great interviews in the past that you can still get on YouTube. He's just a smart dude. People always trying to set him up with questions, and he just. Always navigates around yeah, him and makes him show him up. He, he does do a few say, little yeah. niche things backstage. Like he is definitely quite a sketchy guy, but also is very articulate. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that that's fine. But that's kind of what you want from your rock and rollers, right? Uh, exactly, that's right, man. I mean, yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I had a massive argument with my girlfriend this morning um, about one of the people that was on my list. Yeah, and I was saying, you know, I've, I could, I've actually, I could go in that cupboard. I've got a, a teddy bear of one of the. Yeah, one of the the people on the list, um, and she's like, you know, he, he just not really understanding why, as, but you know, as a teenage boy, that's what you want. Yeah, it is is like a, a rock star is just gonna like make you scared. Yeah, yeah. I, I I remember we, my band was quite bland looking, like in the the, the kind of mid to late nineties. We went <laughs> we went to um, we were sitting in Epic. Uh, in the Sony building and they were toying with silence and this guy come down and he went to be honest guys like people aren't into that and literally pointed at us and then <laughs> held up Kerrang which had Marilyn Manson on the cover yeah. and he went this is what they want and I remember just thinking like fuck off but yeah, I also oh, think well look if I was 14 yeah. you ain't going to want to look at a load of average looking Joes from Essex <laughs> when you've got that yeah. Which is like, what is that? That was to yeah. me. That was like growing up looking at Boy George yeah. and thinking, yeah, yeah. first time I yeah. Boy George, I'm like, what, what, what's this? Yeah, what yeah. you know? I guess before that, maybe the Pistols and Bowie, yeah, and yeah. you know, you you you're gonna get drawn to the, the shock value stuff, aren't you? And the stuff that looks a bit weird, and the stuff that looks interesting, and the stuff that you can't quite fathom at an instant. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I remember not to tell someone else this story, but I remember Nick Raphael, who's uh, I guess he's an epic. Is like a you know big kind of yeah. record A and R man, like a you know high up A and R guy, who works with like you know um, Sam Smith and whoever. And he was um, he's he was telling me a story of when he signed um, Cradle of Filth. Right, it's right. funny yeah, that yeah. like, the, 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 but do you know what? it just makes you realize that these these people are like, like actually that's very cool of him to to yeah. do that to kind of be like like fuck it I'm going to sign Cradle of Filth. So he went to get. The Jesus is a cunt T-shirt, yep. which is their famous T-shirt, yep. um, to wear when he signed them. You know, uh, and so he went, showed up with his Jesus is a cunt T-shirt, and then the band were just like could spot the font and were like, "That is a bootleg T-shirt." <laughs> Amazing. That, you know, the only money they really make, proper money, yeah. is from their merchandise. Yeah, of course. That's what that, you know, a lot yeah. of those bands are like that. And he had to just sit there like signing it in this bootleg <laughs> shirt and sign the deal with them. I thought it's, that is just hilarious. So, oh, well, they actually feature as well, one of the acts that you've sent over a few, so we're going to try and pin you down to five, but we'll get some honourable mentions in at the end. But um, whilst researching a couple that I wasn't overly familiar with, um, one of them did get their first live show in the UK was supporting Cradle of Filth. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. So uh, should we have that? Should we have the announcement? What's your top five about? Yeah. And yeah. then we can dive into it. So. I'm going to do uh, my top five dangerous musicians. Okay, so the criteria for dangerous is... Well, yeah. Well, you you tell well, us, man. Do you know, I, I'll sort of tell you. I'll tell you more why I came to this as my decision. 
Um, I guess it's sort of, it, it is something that has always been something I look for in music is that kind of danger. Mm -hmm. And I know that seem, must seem just ridiculous because I was in The Ordinary Boys and now I write songs for Liam Payne <laughs> and Enrique Iglesias. So it must seem like that. But as a kid, I was like the, you know, I was really into like my, my hardcore and punk rock and then like, and then like a lot of black metal and stuff like that. So it was, it's become something that's really, I think it's, it's been really important. I think it says probably a lot about me and, and my, you know, kind of what I look for in music and what I kind of, you know, I think it, it, it say it goes sort of crosses over to, to even like comedy and stuff. I think if you look at like Tim and Eric and think, you know, these mm. sorts of like the comedy that's also, it's not dangerous, but it just is like, it's, it's pushes or, or like Eric Andre mm. and, you know, stuff like that. That it's, yeah, kind of edgy, ed, uh, but something that just makes you feel something that's just yeah. like, I actually last night I went to see, David Shrigley's got this this band that he's put together, right? And uh, it was just like the most insane thing. And, and uh, with my sister and my girlfriend yesterday, just uh, last night in Brighton, and the the songs were all about just like that, you know, how we're all gonna die and it's gonna be the end of the world. And this guy, they were like writhing around on stage and stuff. It's just absolutely brilliant. And I can remember the first gig that I ever really, really, really enjoyed was the Icarus Line. Do you, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, band, of the course, line? yeah. Um, and they did that body head, they were yeah. like body head, like, was it the label or website or something? They had those t-shirts that said homophobia is gay, which we all had, which was really, I thought was fucking brilliant, you know, as a, as a like, 15 They were a great right? life band. Oh, well, I, well I, so I went and saw them. Yeah. This is just a, a kind of, so I went and saw them and it was so, I was so scared. I was like, I think, and I was just like, my heart was right. I can remember the feeling and just, the, just being like so high after that it's absolutely brilliant they had all this you know they used to wear this pink makeup that would like kind of drip down their their faces when they sweat they had this long black hair it just was um and i remember thinking yeah I'm, i want that i want kind of i want danger for my for my like rock and roll yeah. anyway i've looked recently at the pictures i took from that night after my friend found them my drummer actually has moved uh my like old drummer has moved just two streets away and uh, he found the pictures and they're cabs for their amps are on top of their heads so obviously they planned on smashing it all up and to minimize the damage they'd put the head and i just thought and it just was kind of like oh for fuck's sake and i and it you know it took me like what however many years 20 years later for me to yeah. like to now real it kind of sort of was yeah a little, it wasn't as dangerous i as saw you. the wizard yeah. of oz yeah, behind yeah, the curtain yeah, a little yeah. bit then and i was just like yeah. but even you know the, it, even I mean, you can be dangerous, but you still can't afford to smash. I was going to say, I'm sure had a bit more success. They might have uh, had yeah. a few more quid and could have just switched their heads for the they cabs. They stole like Steve Vai's guitar or something from the Hard Rock Cafe somewhere and, and just stole it off the wall. I started, plugged it in and played it, and uh, <laughs> got in trouble for that. They were, they, yeah, they were an excellent band. What do you think? Why do you think you were drawn to these sort of more dangerous types of bands and stuff like that? What was you listening? So, when did you? Re what age was you when you got into this? Uh... Well, then I was probably like 15, yeah. something like that. And I think I just liked, there's a band called Murder City Devils that I really liked. I don't know if you know them. They oh, were I haven't. Like, no. They were, they always, they had, basically they had a roadie that they brought with them who would, was just a nusser. He just, he didn't play or anything in the band, but he would just like th throw things around and like just fuck shit up. Um, and I, I actually saw them with, at the drive-in, was, was supporting them. Wow. Yeah, so it was, that was quite mental. 
Um, but it was just like there was something about that kind of because it was the, when you get you're getting into mosh pits and that's yeah. that's dangerous within yeah. itself. So you know much what I mean? Fun, so though. it's like, and it is, and you just kind of, I mean, it sort of comes back to the to to the point about school shooters and stuff. It's like, well. You go and mosh, and then you've literally just exercised any yeah. frustrations with your friends. It's such a yeah. loving thing. It is. So I, I was just always, I was really into, it's funny because I, I think I was into like hardcore and, and, and punk, but more, I was definitely more into like hardcore, like the, you know, and like, I really liked a band called Naked Ray Gun, or really liked, um, and really like Misfits and stuff like that. And then the hardcore kids sort of almost ironically started listening to the Smiths. Yeah. And then it was just like, because like, aha, uh-huh, isn't that funny? We like the Smiths. Yeah. And everyone would be like, what? That's And mm-hmm. it was just a fuck with everyone. Yeah. So then you start listening to the Smiths and then you're like, oh, do you know what? Actually, the Smiths are actually really good. <laughs> yeah. And then you get a bit older, you start getting sad because you're, you know, you're, te- <laughs> you're like 16 and then you're like, start feeling depressed because like no one wants to go out with you or, you know, whatever. And so then you start listening to Slow Dive and all that stuff that make, actually gives, you know, and so... And so that was the kind of melding pot, pot that was yeah. our music at the yeah. time. Right. And I think with the first Ordinary Boys album, I think actually that kind of does come across. I think then we kind of, you know, if, like if, if, I was think, if I was honest about the kind of how the band went, it's like the first album felt like it was really what we always wanted to do. And then we were like, oh, we, don't, we didn't even really want to be in a band. And we just thought, oh, what the fuck? And then we had to yeah. like hand in another album and we were like, by then we were like an indie band, so we just yeah. tried to do an impression of an indie record, and yeah. it was like all a bit weird. But um, it's definitely the first record I think has that kind of. Although <laughs> it does have a bit of like punk meets meets Morrissey, but it ends up kind of sounding like Gene. I always yep. thought that we sounded like Gene. I never thought that at the time, but now and actually Gene, the guy teaches it down the road. Uh, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Like. That big band for me, mate. Yeah, Speak to me, someone. He's one of the best go-to yeah. records when you're sad. Because he was obviously their artwork and everything was so inspired by the Smiths, I mean, it wasn't was it? Like almost at the time, it was. Do you know what? Actually, I got arrested for stealing a Gene cassette <laughs> from uh, Virgin when it used to be just oh, down the road, just here. When I was fantastic. A kid. Yeah. But I, because uh, <laughs> Morrissey acknowledged it in the end, didn't he? Yeah. I don't, you know, on the, the NME put out a, a, a cover-mounted CD. Yeah. And Morrissey chose we're 12 on that. songs. Are you on it as yeah. well? Yeah. And, uh, because he likes any band that just references it. We're <laughs> named after his song. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's just, he just, he just wants any kind of ego kind of tickling that yeah. you can get. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, uh, yeah, and I think Fighting Fit was the, the opening track on that, mm. that CD. Uh, uh, which is a great tune as well. Yeah. Uh, they're quite dark as well. They're like a dark... Yeah. We were saying before we started that actually a lot of that 90s kind of... Especially the more sh- like shoegazy sort yeah. of stuff is heavier than you remember. Yeah. And now you get this band... Do you know a band called Nothing? No. Who were like... They were, it was a friend of mine in Philadelphia. There's a band called Nothing. There's a lot of bands that kind of mix hardcore and, and sort of shoegazy stuff. Yeah. Nothing being one that are more on the kind of shoegaze side. But then also there's bands like Def Heaven and like the real, yeah. like the bands that are black metal. Yeah. Kind of shoegaze bands that I love yeah. and liturgy are really good like that. Um, so it is, it kind, of, I can't, it kind of, it's all making, someone else obviously has, has had the same musical kind of yeah. journey as yeah. me, but managed to kind of more successfully create a, something that melded the two whereas I just sort of 
had a pop, then thought, oh, fuck it, I'm going to write songs for Enrique Iglesias instead. <laughs> but I think it's, a, it's just a mixture of your circumstances that leads you to yeah. end up doing whatever you're yeah. doing, isn't it? You can, yeah. you can go a thousand different trajectories. Yeah, well, I, we're in kind of a post-everything sort of place with, in terms of music now. I think there's like any genre that comes out now is just like a mishmash of, of, of other things. Definitely. But surely to write a perfect pop record, I think is... Is harder than than anything. I think to to have them perfect hook lines and yeah. a chorus that you just would die for. I think that that's that's not an easy thing. To but do. no, when if you do that in like if the the songs by like the big slow dive songs that just yeah. have that and they're just like it's like a perfect pop song hidden in this like yeah, yeah. baked in honey kind yeah. of thing. It's fucking brilliant. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um. And that do you know that's why I love. I always thought pavement. Uh, uh, were a band where they like they write a perfect pop song and then they make you work for it yeah they give it they make you work to find it and when they do that the song ends up lasting a lot longer because it's not it's it, you had to kind of invest in it slightly yeah. to, in yeah. order to understand the, where the perfect pop is Especially I definitely think that with some of my favourite records uh, the first time I listened to them I wasn't that overwhelmed by Pavement um, no, just in general, yeah. just albums that you might not immediately connect with. Yeah. And then actually, it's because you invest into it and it grows on you. And, and you're like, oh my God, this is disposable. I think at that time with bands like, you know, the the, the the big hitters like Nirvana and that, which to me, never mind, is one of the greatest pop records ever mm-hmm. made, you know, for hooks and choruses. Yeah. And, but it did drum always feel. Is, is yeah. yeah. The best drum sound. It is. And it, 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 for me, you're bang on the money with, with pavement. He, he made you work for yeah. it, you know. It, you weren't spoon feeding your pot, but yeah. the songs were fucking cracking. Yeah. But it was just a little bit more disjointed, and but you know that them pop sensibilities are just as prominent as yeah. as, as you know lithium or whatever, but just in a, well, in a slightly you know more fractured it's, it's, way. It's interesting with lyrics as well. Lyrically, when something can be because there's a kind of relatability to lyrics where you're just like. And the the counter argument actually is Oasis, um, because their lyrics are just nonsense. Yep. You just want to sing them. Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is. It's yeah. just it's just some weird magic about it that yep. you just like. I don't have a clue what you're. You know, yeah. slower than a faster than a cannonball. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. you just want to sing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's lyrics like Beach Boys' lyrics, yep. where there's like, he'll sing. Sometimes I feel very sad, and it's just like crushing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And with them, it's like the naivety of the lyric. But, you know, the lyric is just like, let's get married and everything's going to be okay. Where did your long hair go? Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and, and it's so kind of unpretentious and un, unpoetic in its simplicity. It's like a childlike. Yeah. And it's, that's really heavy. And then you can have pavement where they kind of, it's more um, collage kind yeah, of painting. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, making yeah. a collage out of, out of ideas and stuff. And that's really cool as well. And then you get Gigi Allen, uh, expose yourself to kids. Right, so is this going to be <laughs> well, is this number very, five? Well, very sweet because I was just about to say that. So are we going to move in with Gigi Allen? Is that well, I, I reckon he's number one. Uh, I, okay. I, I don't think that could ever be argued. I'm going to find this quickly um, in here. Okay. Oh, shit, you're never going to find it in here, am I? Are you looking for your... Sam's got one of them cupboards that you see in TV shows. When you open it, oh, no. it's literally floor to ceiling and it's been... Looks like it's been forced shut, yeah. like, like, like in a trash compactor. Just, just it, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hell! Wow. So, 
Who um, has a Gigi Allen oh soft toy? Yeah. That is amazing. Can I have He's a look? actually defecating on the back. Of course he is. And it says, life sucks, life sucks scumfuck on his shoulder. Wow. Where'd you pick this up then? Uh, my friend gave it to me. I've, got, I've also <laughs> got, I've got some really rare Gigi DVDs. Really? My, our old manager, weirdly enough, the old Ordinary Boys manager, is thanked on a Gigi live uh, record. Really? really? For, for some reason was there. But, yeah, he's, for some reason it's always been... It, it's, some, it's sort of amongst my friendship group. He's a, kind of a... Uh, him and, and Morrissey are like two real con- constants. I just I can't really understand why. I guess we... We had hated, you know, with the the film that the you know the, you know hated the film about Gigi Allen. Have you seen this? No, film? I've not seen it. I haven't seen it though. No. It's fucking mental. Like it's insane. It's so insane. And what one of the one of the weirdest things about it, well the first, one fact about it is the director is the same guy who directed The Hangover, right? <laughs> and due date, do you know that? Yeah, yeah like, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did uh, Starsky and Hutch remake kind of movie. I think so. It's like some you know big. But I can't remember his name, Todd something. Todd Phillips? I can't remember. But he, um, so he directed this film when he was a student. And this film follows Gigi when he's just come out of prison, which is like, he actually really changed in prison. Because um, he, 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 he was locked away for almost three years, I think. Yeah, for, he came out in about 93, did Yeah, he? must have been. What was he banged up for? He, well, assaulting a fan, but it's like... Dude, if you go to a GG gig, like, you can't, it's sort of... I thought he got, wasn't it? Didn't he say that he indulged in some kind of ritualistic sex thing with a, a woman? Oh, okay. Well, that was a fan, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was a yeah, fan, yeah. yeah. But he's saying that they both cut each other and it wasn't just him cutting her or, or, or something Oh, like okay. That. So it's not yeah. live on stage. This was sort of like back, I think backstage. backstage. He, he used to sort of continue with the, the... I mean, the sad thing about it, so this, the whole, the whole documentary takes place after his prison so he, so he was kind of a bit worse after prison and it makes it a little bit harder to kind of to laugh at not, yeah. not laugh at but like the, my my ultimate ultimately where I fall on Gigi Allen is that I just think it's I feel like it's fantastic that we live in a world where he existed because he shows the kind of what imagine ifs you know he is the kind yeah. of yeah. imagine if yeah. of, of the of Rock and roll, yeah, and you know you get it. Also, puts gives you a lot of perspective of other people. You know, when you just think when you see like you know the Arctic Monkeys guy like dropping the mic on, and you just think, mate, like do you know what I mean? You, yeah. And then you see Gigiana like smacking himself in the head with yeah. a microphone <laughs> and stuff like that. And I just, yeah. it's just to me, I just like the idea that he existed. I, I, yeah. Also, the thing about him is like he. First of all, he, he there's like just these snapshots, I, I, things of, of him that, that I just think of every now and again. And it's, it's just like, I just like to think of them where there's him singing. Because he really, has a really good acoustic record. He's a really nice... Because he was obsessed with Hank Williams, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And he was a proper... He could play guitar really well, yeah. write a great melody. Uh, there's one song called I Want to Fuck This Shit Out of You that's particularly pretty kind of melody and stuff, which is kind of like, you know, isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a footage of him playing this song and it's like, I was, you know, it's, it's kind of, I was all strung out on heroin or whatever the song is. And you just, you know, it's kind of like, you want to believe it. And then you, you look a bit closer and where people normally have a cigarette sticking out of the, you know, in the, the top of their guitar, yeah. he just has a syringe out the top. You just think <laughs> fucking like, 
the, it, it's kind of it's but it's amazing and like ob, you know obviously it's harder you know now I'm older and I you know I kind of can't condone anything that he did whereas when you're a, when you're a kid you're just like yeah yeah like fighting it's brilliant whatever and then when you get older you're just a bit like oh god the guy was but but there's something kind of the the fact that a lot of his a lot of his ideals or 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 beliefs it's the kind of what it comes from a place that you you kind of agree with being someone who's like who is into rock and roll yeah mm. and he's you know he's like saying like you know my my words are the bullets and my mouth is the gun and all that and this kind of stuff it's like amazing that the, the and also just being so kind of against authority is just really cool anyway yeah obviously he took t- took it way too far so like another thing about this documentary is um, Didi Ramon just shows up for like two days to play bass, <laughs> and it's a fuck. It, like I love Didi Ramon so much. It's like one of my yeah. just a he- absolute hero of mine. And he shows up with his guitar in a in a plastic bag, <laughs> like his bass is just in like like a kind of Tesco's bag kind of thing. <laughs> and he just shows up. I guess I guess you know sadly probably just to like score because he knows Gigi's a junkie and yeah. You know, like yeah obviously that's like really dark. But it's just interesting seeing him. They have he has this really weird naked drummer who has. Who believes that um, not L Seven? Who's the other the uh, Lunatics? Uh, I, su- I supported them. Did you really? I supported I the Lunatics in Southend. Wow! And uh, yeah, did you, did you speak to them? Yeah, 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 they like? yeah. They're really lovely. Were they? they were really lovely. Yeah, because we we was we were just sitting there talking about babes in Thailand and stuff with yeah. them and and and, and L Seven and and they, yeah, it was literally at the Esplanade Southend Seafront. What year yeah. would that have been? Ninety-three. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's around the time of this documentary, yeah. and and he he had believed that he was cosmically connected to to them. He's a bit mental, this guy. Yeah. Um, and he he has to play naked because he just felt, he just said it was more comfortable. It's all really weird. I mean, that's quite a good answer. It's, yeah. it's yeah. just like it's what I love about it is 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 there's again it's like this naivety of like and it's just this kind of unpretentiousness of yeah. everything. It's like when there's a really good DD interview, which actually is at CBGB's where um, he's going like, we play so, we play so loud. We could, we could, li- we could like blow your ears with, we play so loud. And the, the um, interviewer goes, well, DD, wh- why do you play so loud? And he just looks kind of dumbfounded for a second. And then he turns around to Joey Ramone and goes, Hey, why do we play so loud? <laughs> like, as if it had never occurred to him. And it's just like, yes, you know, it's kind of, it, like genuinely those moments it, with musicians that I like uh, do give me that kind of yes, yeah. like I mm. fucking love it. Yeah. Um, I think that's why, you know, I guess that's why I've sort of like been foolish enough to carry on doing music for my whole yeah. life. Um, do you know what G.G. Allen's real name is? No. Do you? Jesus. Well, Ke- Kevin on his. But his mum called him Jesus Christ Alley. Yeah. And as a kid, he called himself Gigi. No, his brother, Merle, could, couldn't, that was it, pronounce, his brother, yeah, yeah, couldn't, couldn't pronounce, pronounce it. Gigi. His dad was was horrible. Sounds like a dark well, His dad yeah. used to make kid Jesus Christ. He, made, he used to make them dig graves and say he was going to bury them. In the basement, them. he made them dig graves. For them, because they were badly behaved. And eventually she That is but crazy. That's going to fuck you up. Yeah. And Jeez. You, you know, I mean, again, it's like, it all falls back to like the things that fuck you up are actually yeah. like serious mm. fucking, like horrible things that will happen to you in your yeah. life, in, in your childhood, not playing Call of Duty or listening to music. Yeah. Mm. Um, so obviously, and then and then he went on to then 
being some quite. He was in the Jabbers, which were like they're almost like a Dolls sort of New York Dollsy type band. Right. Um, they would, you know, almost like a pop punk band kind of for the time, you know, like a like a power pop sort of yeah. thing. And then he was actually. Well, this is the thing that isn't really very well documented, but I've seen, I've spoken to someone about it who who worked the, my old manager, the guy who was on his um, live record. That he had a kid. Have you, have you read this? Oh. No, apparently he had a kid and a wife, and there's a footage of them at a barbecue, which have, which someone showed me. I think it's on right. YouTube. Really? So he, there was a, and then you see more and more stuff saying, like, oh yeah, he was actually really softly spoken and kind of normal when, and then Gigi Allen was like his persona. Wow. And he was just like Kevin Allen. Because I never realised. I don't know how this pronounced. R I O R. One of the bands he was in. Um, Guitarist was Jay Maskis. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Either. I, I was just doing some bits of I research like and, like, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah. Jay Maskis was in a band with him. And then, uh, do you know what? There's really sad things as well with with Gigi Allen, and I think it's you. It's kind of like you know, I I can actually almost relate <laughs> in a weird way um, with like. So he would do his kind of his dangerous gigs with his band and it would be packed and everyone would be getting like fighting and it would be mm. mental amazing can you give some examples of that present for our listeners as well well, well there is a reason why Samuel's mm. sitting here with no clothes yeah. on covered in his own <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know just, just for instance like he'll come out on stage naked completely naked hit himself in the head till he bursts his kind of a vein in his head and blood drips down and then like they'll count to four and on four he would just like ram his microphone into the teeth of the person at the front and it, it just is like it's more extreme than you can could ever ever Jesus. ever imagine yeah. it's it, he'll throw his shit around but and then he would do that and then and then i guess his band left and he kind of was trying to work out what to do with with um with his life and then you know much much like the kind of um ill-advised like club appearances that I made once or twice like after Big Brother um, he would do like these talks where he would just like there's one where he like just sticks a banana like in his ass and then starts throwing it at these students and obviously they just walk <laughs> off and it's it's really sad because actually he's he's kind of like I mean he he's not a genius but he he does something that that like no one else has done yeah you know it's and like, that's art in itself right it's, there it's it? art it yeah. is it's, it's a it's performance art yeah. it really is um he's on Jerry Springer yeah he was on Jerry Springer really? yeah what for for being just, a Gigi Allen yeah. yeah just for a general catch like, up that's with on Jerry YouTube they, they, you can see quite no, a lot of, of, of stuff on him on YouTube well. yeah hated that, is excellent the, the extras of hated you kind of you would have to prepare for them, but they're the night he died. Right. The gig, which got closed down immediately. Like he, he was, he's obviously like on lots of drugs and stuff. It's actually really sad. And he just goes out into Manhattan naked, covered in blood. He's like going up to this bus of like elderly people. It's like, you know, 93, whatever. And it's just insane. And it's oh. really sad. It's like, and then anyway, but then you know that, that, that after that he went off and they were doing, like went and did heroin, and then he went to sleep, and then somewhere in the night he just died. Yeah. And he'd always said that he was gonna commit suicide and take the audience out with him. That was always like, mm. which is just like, why would you go to that gig? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you kind of would. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I always wonder if I would have gone. If yeah. I would go now. I get. I would have gone when I was a kid. I think. I guess that's the difference. But. Um. 
yeah, he was going to take take the audience down with him and commit suicide on on stage. And then he couldn't the first night because he got arrested the first time the, the date he set. And then he died before he got a chance to do it. I like to think that he wouldn't have done it. Yeah, not, hopefully, but. I like to think Whoa. that he, he thought about it, but he had a barbecue on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah absolutely, <laughs> definitely. And that's my favourite thing about no, it. I just I've, like, I've, I've done those shish kebabs, and I don't really want them. Have you ever seen the the Steve Coogan does the bits on his on his D, on his like live videos DVDs where he plays himself? And There's one like, with Simon Pegg, which is my yeah, favourite. And he goes like, "A muggins here has to go and make them laugh," and like kind of like that. And he plays like a real. I love. I want to just think of Gigi Allen being that Steve Coogan yeah. character as himself. And, and, you know, come on and powder his, his blood off his face and just kind of go like, oh, God, they really weren't taking the shit eating tonight. Like, <laughs> Isn't that the one where he goes to something? I like you. You're a bit, you're a bit punk rock. Yeah. And he tries to kiss him. Yeah. He's just like, fuck off. I break your fucking legs. <laughs> All right. So, look, we're going to work backwards from one to yeah, five yeah. then. Are, are they in order or is no, it just I, five? Do you know what? Uh, I don't even know which ones I sent you. So, you'll have to tell me. And I Right. Well, okay. Well, let, Let's go for. Uh, I was gonna. I planned to do lots of research for this, but then um, I just had a really, really busy week, which, which is no excuse. We 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 derail these things all the time, Sam. Yes. So don't worry. Yeah. So should we do Burzum? Yeah, Burzum. Burzum. Yeah, Burzum. Right. Well, this is more like I think this is. Um, we actually talk it because you said that you know Jack Mumdance. Yes. Who he is another person who likes black metal a lot. Um, and it is, I, I was trying to kind of think about this morning about what, kind of what it is about black metal that I really like. And I think it is like, I think I like the fact that it takes itself so seriously. It's very atmospheric mm-hmm. and it's very visual. It's like a lot to do with their crazy, their like mental makeup. And uh, obviously the kind of Satanist element of it is not something that I'm like, get behind. <laughs> but but despite that they do they take they're they're kind of lifers i always have a respect for yeah. people i always think that about the cribs like they're lifers they mm-hmm. just they're the cribs that's them they'll be the cribs till the day they die <laughs> yeah that's their they live and breathe being the cribs they're always on tour yeah they live that and is and they're great at being the cribs aren't they they're, they're honestly <laughs> one of my favorite bands like of, of they're my favorite they're like my favorite bands of people that i kind of know yeah. i think do you mm. know what i mean um and and all of that so just that imagine being that kind of it's such a it will ruin your life to be you, you've nailed your colours you yeah. nailed your colours to a flag it's, haven't it's you black. and it's a yeah. black flag yeah yeah. we just did a Patreon one didn't we that was youth culture wasn't yeah. it and uh, that's it the commitment to that cause yeah. of following that as a musician or you know and it ended up with a lot of them in, in prison mm. so the guy um, is his name Varg yeah yeah so he the the reason I think about him as being m- more dangerous than than the because there's the other guy that killed Euronymous. yeah um, but he so this got the Varg is now now has a YouTube channel where he just spreads like right wing like horrible <laughs> racist really? shit yeah which is just almost awful thing so um and and it's fault you know it's like he's like a popular YouTube kind of thing where he just goes and just spreads this like right. horrible racist right wing stuff after having been in prison for burning down churches three churches he burned yeah. down jeez yeah. not just but one. whilst in prison he recorded a, a couple of atmospheric synth albums yeah <laughs> I mean Burzum are really they're actually like a very sick band like, the yeah. music's really great I used to love it when I was a kid this is before he, I knew it was yeah. right wing um, 
Mayhem as well. Like they, they were like they were great. Yeah. It's actually weirdly one of my, me and my girlfriends. We have like um, Mayhem record that we uh, have. It's like our. It's like the least romantic music ever. <laughs> but it's just there's something. It's such you know all of that stuff is just so atmospheric and it's like it's interesting because of him burning the churches down. Anyone inside, or was he? He wasn't no, doing. No he, wasn't, he wasn't doing it on a no, Sunday. No, he didn't. There is the other. There's there's a guy from Euronymous. Was he was the guy from Mayhem? Actually, got killed. There's also the guy from. Um, oh wait, what are they called? There's another. There's the band of the guy who Gorgoroth. Yeah. Who he bled someone out into a cup. Uh, he like kidnapped someone and bled someone into a cup. Um, Maybe it's that's rather, some satanic. Yeah, this shit. is just black me- black yeah. metal people yeah. in general <laughs> are just a very niche kind of genre yeah. as, as unto themselves. Um, so I guess I, I'm kind of putting them all uh, under one umbrella, yeah. kind of, kind of. Th- but but so they they'd use the dead. They use a picture of the dead guy from Mayhem, the dead crime scene picture as their artwork for the next going to say that it sounds like yeah <laughs> which actually Gigi Allen has on the back of one of the records that he had released posthumously is um, a picture of him in in the coffin uh, with, and they didn't do any makeup or anything he's just like he refused it didn't they still covered in like blood and stuff yeah. like that he refused to have his like, he's um, got a bottle of Jim Beam like, yeah, uh, snuggled up to him, <laughs> and apparently all the guests come up to say their goodbyes, but we're just pouring booze in his yeah. mouth and stuff like that. Yeah, he, he didn't want any And the guys from CK, CKY, what's his what's his name? Bam Margera. Yeah. yeah, they went to his Gigi's grave. I don't know why we're talking about Gigi again. Yeah, but uh, they went back to Gigi's grave and um, they drunk Jim Beam until they threw up and threw up on his grave. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I didn't realize that was his grave. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, sorry, yeah, back, back to Burzum. That's all right, that's all right. Go on. Uh, I actually have a Burzum t-shirt that I wear to the gym, which I always feel like there's some <laughs> kind of irony in that. But actually, probably not now. Actually, kind of, he's probably, you know, he's, he's really just the most horrible guy. You have to watch his YouTube, it just makes you 
fill you with anger and rage. It was like, it's so weird. Cause like, in the clubs I've worked in, like, we, you know, throughout the kind of sort of late 90s, early 2000s with the new metal stuff, which I know you as a fan of, you know, the, the, for me, of all the kind of strong, iconic, alternative fashion trends that have come and gone, metal's still consistent, isn't it? They wear their colours on their sleeve. Yeah. Metalers look like metalers. It exists, it, it, like somewhere outside of time. Yeah. Metal, I think. Yeah. It's really interesting. But I always... But you know what, you think that, but then actually the main, the big metal people, the big LA metal metal kind of, you know, the Brett um, Michaels, Michaels and yeah. stuff, all of them now will wear like like a backwards cap with like flames on it and flame, do you know that kind yeah. of fashion? Yeah, yeah. Whack gear. Yeah, it's like, not a good look. Terrible. Well, that's yeah. quite a new metal look, in itself, isn't it? They look so cool in yeah. like when they were... When yeah, it was just all like they're dressed like the New York Dolls. So. It was really weird because I ended up getting uh, really enjoying uh, the TV show Rock of Love, which was Brett. Mike was it Brett? Yeah, Michaels? that was him. Oh. And I quickly realised there was a reason. I, I, I don't think he was. He won't like it when Johnny's head didn't grow back. I think <laughs> there's a reason he wears bandanas and oh, caps right. yeah, consistently. Yeah. Yeah. There's like pictures of him in his pants in bed with all of these girls that are like literally <laughs> 40 years younger than him still with his hat on. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but it was, it seemed for me like with the, the, the metalers, like the, they were always trying to at metal each other and it yeah. was like, no, well, I like Cannibal Corpse and it was like, well, I like Hammer Smash Face and it was always like, I'm into heavier yeah, stuff absolutely. than you. And then I guess all the, all the like, uh, kind of Norwegian black metal yeah. people were just like, well, mm. I'm going to burn a church. All right, well, I'm going to kill my bandmate. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and we, we can draw a line on yeah, that yeah. now. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, not really, because like, oh, all right, I'm going to start a YouTube channel where I spread yeah. hateful, racist yeah. messages. <laughs> so I guess, you know, like, well, I don't know, I guess he's kind of one now. Oh, there, I, don't, uh, I think Church Burn is pretty Was that the name of an, uh, one of their songs, Church Burner? Or was that oh, Cannibal Corpse? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I remember being I wish asked my, for church burner. One of my best friends who lives two roads away is like really knowledgeable about all this. Would be like, I wish I had him kind of um, on speed dial. Yeah, now, yeah, but brilliant. Right, so we've got some. That's that's two in the bin. That's yeah. two in the can. Uh, can I yeah. grab some coffee, or will that ruin the? Uh... We can pause yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, just here. Okay. Good coffee, by the way. This. Uh... Yeah, good blend. Yeah, <laughs> like the blend. So we got. Um... So I spurs them in, and we've got um, Gigi in. So, thank you. Should we move away from the, the hardcore and maybe uh, try something? Uh, some of the, the latter two that you mentioned. Yeah, uh, which more like, um, There's literally a drip. Some like R. Kelly. Well, you see, this is the th- this is what I wanted to. I was like, obviously, the church burning and the Gigi Allen is is kind of quote unquote fun do you yeah. know what I mean and that you can <clears> laugh at but actually the, the real danger do you know what the, I was thinking about this I, have, I was thinking like I mean who's dangerous I was thinking like you know all these bands that I've, I've that I'd seen and like the Cro-Mags we were talking mm. about and like people that just like fight each other and it's like kind of all fun and, and like fairly harmless but actually the real dangerous musicians are R. Kelly Chris Brown Predatory ones. Predatory man. ones. Yeah, definitely. Because like you say, G.J. Allen, you, 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 know, you know what you're getting if you yeah. go there. You should if know you what you're getting. If you go to a gig getting. and you get shit in your eye, well, you went to a G.J. Allen gig. Yeah. But like, especially, you know, and R. Kelly, he's sort of, at least he's publicly outed in a way where it feels like he will get his comeuppance. I think Chris Brown is much more, uh, it's scarier because it, there's, there's a rec- been a recent story which was really 
really horrible, hard to read. Um, really? Because obviously with the Rihanna thing. That's all about. Recently, one of his entourage yeah. has had sexually assaulted this girl, allegedly, um, that had... They, te- they take their phones off them when they kind of come to the backstage so they can't take photos of all the fucking snide shite they get up to. And then, That's so dark, isn't it's it? It's really dark. Anyway, and then the girl didn't get her phone back, so she went back to get her phone from, from Chris Brown's house was forced to do all this horrible stuff and like... With Chris Brown? Well, not with Chris Brown, but with Chris his, Brown's with his, entourage, yeah. kind of, you know, the, at the people to do... It was all to do yeah. with it. And, you know, if it's like Chris Brown's... It, but the thing, what's horrible is, is... And I think what's truly dangerous, obviously he's dangerous, he's a predator, but it's also sends such a dangerous message to people that are like, oh, I can punch a girl and I'm not going to fucking go to prison... Because Chris Brown did it, and he's a famous rapper now. It's, it's a weird thing because Rihanna sort of end, ended up sort of forgiving him, didn't she? And it was kind of like at that point, there was load load of my girl mates were just like, "Oh, you fucking idiot!" Yeah. Because he's done something that was awful. There was evidence of it's some. Yeah, I mean, I don't I mean, think forgiveness. It doesn't. I don't, don't think forgiveness by your by the victim should mean that you don't have to fucking deal be with accountable it. for your actions. Oh, yeah, completely, absolutely. completely. I, I, I completely agree with that. It's that and surprising. even more, you know, if you're going to treat him differently because he's famous, well, treat him, make an example of him because people are watching. Yeah. And I yeah. think, you know, I think a lot of that, there's quite, there's lots of like, there's, there's like some like ragger people who are really horrible and like have all the, there's lots of like, like dance hall that's really like homophobic yeah it's yeah, really, really homophobic like, yeah well Lamar, Lamar called red, red that Shabarank didn't like he that. years yeah, ago yeah, yeah, on yeah. the word he yeah, really pulled yeah, him excellent. on that yeah yeah but yeah I, think, so I, think, I do think I actually think the, the R. Kelly one is like well the, have you heard the new stuff as well like the new stuff is your, I know uh, he has uh, a sex cult and like, his sex cult is like but it is proper fuck off but no, he is, no, but a, he's grooming he's grooming underage girls 100%. there's a video of him Pissing on a twelve-year-old girl. Seriously, that exi- <laughs> yes. So and it's like that's old. That's quite old. That's Pip, from Pip you know, used to twenty have, years ago. Or something. Yeah, because Pip has got that T-shirt of piss, and it's R. Kelly, but dressed up as Kiss. And uh, mm. I guess so it must have been from about that sort of era. Yeah. yeah. So that that was kind she of, fucking twelve? Because yeah. Because yeah, if you listen, call, if you listen, it was like defiant when they said, you know, you've been doing do with a teenage girl. He's like, well, defiant teenage. It's like defiant teenage. Yeah. There's not. It's that's that's quite. A, black and white thing you have to but if you listen to She's Got That Vibe mm. which is a great pop record mm. the bit where he breaks it down to whoever's got it whoever's got it she's got it she's got it he then says I mean bear in mind She's Got That Vibe come out 89 maybe yeah, 90 uh, bit, maybe a bit yeah 91 maybe like and then he goes little cute Aaliyah's got mm. it Mm. Aaliyah must have been about 12 yeah, yeah I mean all the Aaliyah stuff is yeah. fucked up like yeah. the songs that he had heard do it, it was like anyway I mean like the the fact that it's the fact that in a in a in a world where now it feels like actually people are being held accountable for fucking being being creeps and mm. it's actually like we're just starting to to, to make a uh, like people feel comfortable to be able to fucking point the finger properly at the, the criminals. Yeah. properly out of it, yeah. and it's great and you think alright well this one's fucking in the bag do you know what I mean like you'd think this was yeah. like okay R. Kelly we'll do R. Kelly Chris Brown quick like while we get to the fucking real you know the ones that are trying to get away with it it just so I think it's fucking really fucking dangerous yeah. I really do it makes me it makes me like boils my blood a little bit but dirt bags yeah it's absolutely. predatory like I've heard stories of other big like big um, industrial 
rock bands and like what they're doing backstage and they've just got yeah. like 16 year old girls on there yeah. and she's like dude you're fucking you're almost Stuart's age <laughs> ancient <laughs> yeah. and uh, and you've got like a 16 year old on you now yeah. you know like for anyone who's easy when you first go to your first gigs like you were saying you're sort of overwhelmed by everything when you're in your first like gigs if you're a pretty young girl and you go there and all of a sudden you find yourself backstage on the lap of someone that you kind of idolise you're in a fucking... You're in the most vulnerable position. Yeah, you and have, these guys know that, man. They, you, are, you have to... You, you have to be put in a position of trust when, you're, yeah. when, you're, when you have young fans. Like, I've had young fans before. Like, and, like it's f- fucking disgusting mm. to think that any... Like, it's just fucking horrible. And then... Mm. Um, actually, I was talking to my girlfriend this morning about, about this. And um, she was saying that Ian Watkins... Yeah had messaged her on MySpace when she was 12. Well, I, I think we should have him for, for the, the next one because yeah. I think, like... <laughs> I love how yeah. serious this yeah. is going like, what, 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 I mean, yeah, but, like, Taking I mean, fucking hell, you know, if we're talking about yeah, dangerous yeah. people, yeah. fuck me. This yeah. I mean, he's, number, he's, he's right up there, isn't he? This is just one crazy sort of story. Um, so, Ian Watkins is obviously from Lost Profits. Not and steps. Uh, not, no, steps, not Steps. Although he was getting death threats off because yeah. they're yeah. getting <laughs> name <laughs> mix-up. Mm. But you see, so what you're saying is, um, you say your current girlfriend was getting messages yeah. from him back when she was like a youngin. Yeah, when she was twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Man. And do you know what? I met him. So this is weird. So I met him at, in Japan once, and I remember thinking, getting really bad. Do you know? What? I also do you think met. You think shysty? I met um, Jimmy Savile as well, and I was like, <sighs> you've had a few near misses, yeah. said mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck. So anyway, I, I met both of those people, I was like, yeah. "You're fucking evil, really, yeah. evil. really." Both times, yeah, massively. I fucking, I absolutely knew for sure. Um, what you could tell that from Ian? Watkins. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I was like, like shit. What do you think? About, what do you think? Because like, obviously, like it's weird their music and stuff because their music's now disappeared. And, and I always remember mixtapes I got like of like their, their first track that they did Schnobie. and I thought that was quite quite a banger they and now some great but now it's sort of all disappeared and you feel I kind of feel sorry for the band well they, do you know what they so when they they when I guess before they got found out or just as they got found out they actually got in touch with me saying oh we're starting a new band do you want to sing in it mm. right and at the time I was a little bit like oh well you know I don't want to kind of A I, I think I'm probably the wrong person to do it anyway mm. and like I was just a bit. I was a bit like, oh, you know, guilty by association. Mm. I just don't. I just don't want to fucking yeah go near that. Yeah. And um, so in the end, a guy that that like his friends of all my friends, who's yeah. actually from thir- the band the Thursday, Thursday, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Jeff is d- did it, mm. and it, the record's really good. They yeah. made like an amazing record. Oh, good yeah. on them. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Do you ever wonder that if he was that shifty that they were like? Because they've all been like, listen, Jesus well, Christ, like we wouldn't. You know, we wouldn't know what the yeah, fuck they don't know. I mean, I, I, crazy know dark shit. I know them a little bit, and yeah. I know their manager very well. That must well. be awful for them to be like people saying well, to them, oh, Well, she, you must have known something's up. She oh. went out with him, the, their right. manager. Mm. She knew nothing, she knew absolutely nothing. Yeah. She was just like, couldn't believe it. And, it. and actually, like, it was, it was, imagine what it's like for her, like, horrible, just Mate. the most mental thing. And then, you know, you kind of like, Oh, this happened, and then you, you the more you like. You, you read the details of it. It's fucking unfathomable shit. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I can't get my head around. Um, but what did it? Do you know yeah. what it? What what it is? Is it's like if you're that that sort of band in that world. I think is a bit kind of 
nefarious, has a, it is a bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. And you, the more, the more I hear lots of stories about just mm. sketchy people from yeah. that kind of like, I don't know if it's like sort of post emo y kind of like yeah. you know that type of world like later emo. Yeah, that a lot of them are really sketchy, and they had really young fans, and I think. They just can do, you know, you can get whatever you, you know, you the most extreme thing you can imagine. Absolute power crux, absolute absolutely. Power. And then you're just like, well, what can I do? And it's like, they just, he was just like, had that fucking personality where he's just like, wanted to do horrible shit. There was no, there was no, it just got and more it, but it's depraved really interesting and depraved. Thinking of, of, of being able to say, Gigi Allen, who kind of, he, you know, his song, he has a song called Expose Yourself to Kids, but he's like, mm. the whole thing, which, the whole Gigi Allen thing is ultimately harmless because yeah. it's a self-contained kind of performance, performance art. Yeah, art. Performance a lot art. of it is is not parody because it, it's kind, you know, it's, it, but it's like, it's it's kind of ideas led and, and stuff like that and it, it, it's performance art. And then you have this Lost Profits guy who is just like a fucking criminal paedophile. Yeah. Like horrible. And it, but, but, and, and, you know, I it's sad to think that people would even put because I because I do like you know I like Gigi, I like his records mm. like his music mm. I think his ideas are interesting and I find it funny obviously I don't find the other no. thing fun, do you know no, what I mean no, it's no. just interesting saying them in the same list yeah. we got yeah. we're getting very very serious but it's a dichotomy oh, we do a fun one now. different types <laughs> are dangerous yeah. isn't it yeah yeah we we can do so should we do. Uh, Ian H from Steps Watkins next. Yeah. <laughs> He's the next dangerous, making some of the most dangerous pop music of the uh, early 2000s. Did I, what else did I, did I put? Lead Belly? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, yes. you, did you look at Lead Belly stuff? Uh, I, I know a little bit about yeah, Lead Belly, I, yeah. I only know a little bit. I was meant to go research him really well, but I... My I, introduction was obviously through Nirvana. Like, uh, yeah, and, well, uh, my, interestingly, my, my grandpa, actually, this is him, my grandpa there, he's on his name on that book um, that he wrote, but he's... Um, He's he's like professor of of English at um, Princeton University in America. He's like proper. He's like he was like a big like a big war hero and stuff. And he was big jazz guy. And he collected. He's got like a huge collection of records, which he's like passing down to me in his in his will. Like eventually, um, but it's like I mean it wouldn't even fit in my house. It's like you know half of it's in a in a in a. Uh, museum and stuff like that. Yeah, right. but he, he's already given me all the lead belly stuff because because he we had a big conversation when I was quite young actually about lead belly, and so I'd always had this idea. There's something haunting about the fact that they're recorded like the way they are. Mm. Those records are so old, and they're like there's something about the the way they compress on the way that's that there's it, there's no clarity between the sounds. So the his voice will come through and just. Comp- like compress all this guitar out of the way so you like we'll hear his voice co- popping through and then the guitar will pop through it's just something mm. really haunting about that and then I just remember he was he would play I guess he played a big 12 string guitar so it's just like a mad haunting kind of thing and then my grandpa telling me how he was just this like like brick shithouse massive guy and actually if you see pictures of him he's like he's thuggy looking mm. he's like stacked but then it'll be like holding an accordion. And it's yeah. just like, it's just like, wow, like to be, to hold an accordion and look like that much, like a, like a hard, like nutter is like amazing. And then I can remember him telling me a story about someone who like shanked him in the neck and that he ended up taking the shank out of his neck and almost killing the guy with it. He's ki- like, he killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Le Belly is really, Jeez. but also he was just an, he was just like a big f- drinking, fighting man. And it's like, 
before he he was a drinking fighting man musician before there was the kind of subtext and the kind of of, of what that was. Do you remember, mm-hmm. There was no association. There wasn't like I'm a musician. It wasn't oh, a genre or culture for him it to wasn't, be following. Yeah, it wasn't. He just was a drinking fighting musician. Yeah, he just was. It yeah. just he just found you know and he 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 had played with with a lot of the legendary blues you know original blues mm. you know whose whose parents were were slaves and so it's like original shit that has never been recorded he'd played with some of these people and so he was the, he's the first kind of recorded music that kind of ha- is actually has the the been passed down you know person to person from that from you know proper you know proper blues and you can just hear it and it's 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 amazing it's like uh, it, they're they're some of my some of my favorite music to like really kind of sit and think. It's a really like heavy shit. Was it your grandfather that introduced you to Lebanon? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was it's just which was just really cool because yeah, it's that's like, wicked. Yeah, it was really cool, and I've got like um, I had to get another record player because they they're like whatever that speed is that you know they're like it's some mad speed seventy eight. Yeah, yeah. So so they're like was well, seventy eight, like really heavy records. Yeah. Um, that sort of stuff used to be recorded in a day. They'd hire out a studio oh, and yeah. just sort of like they just go in they there. They wouldn't be able to track anything. No. It would yeah. just be a microphone in front yeah, of yeah. it. that's it. And he adds this, you know, the, the like, it's so hard to play a 12-string anyway. Yeah. Like, even to strum. Um, the, what's the, the, the other guy is the guy from The Birds, isn't it? Whatever his name is. That, that was really, that was the other 12. Like they're basically the oh. two 12-string guitar players. Um, but the way he, he does like this weird, he does like blues tap-on stuff with a 12-string guitar. I'm sure it's like, I can't think of anyone else who does that. Johnny Marr played 12-string, didn't he? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But playing blues, it's just, a, it's just yeah. a mad sound. And then uh, something, the thing about blues, anyway, the, the thing that's so amazing about it is that like, rather than like, oh, this thing happened to me, I'm going to write a song about it. It's like, oh, there's an old story about a man who... Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, fuck, yeah, that's yeah, so cool. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, that, there's, a, there's a really great... I think I'll try, it's called like Fanning Street, I want to say, which is a Lead Belly song, which is about... The, it, it was called it Fanning Street because it was where the girls all had fans. Obviously, it's like the hookers. Right? Yeah. And he's asking his, his dad, like, what was it? And he eventually got to the age where he could like go down there and it was like... So he's kind of singing about... And it's like... It, the The... Do you know that like, Tom Waits always does this, where there's like his songs have such a kind of novels worth of, mm, of yeah. story that he's yeah. just there w- w- in between the words, yeah. and it's fucking brilliant. Um, and Lead Belly, re- it, uh, there's something about you, there's something about the unlikeliness of it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like how, wh- why? How are you with this amazing guitar? You're, uh, so unlikely. It's like that that you kind of you can you could take it a bit more seriously, and you can allow yeah. yourself to to fill in enough backstory you just sort of do it subconsciously it's brilliant yeah. I think that's that's when music is like again it's like it's what you give the, you have to give something in order to get the song yeah because you could just put Lead Belly on the background and it's just like, oh yeah blues oh sad you know that's a bit sad <laughs> or you can you can indulge in the song and find something there and then you're like you, you, you sort of you wrote, you wrote a bit of it just yeah. by listening to it. We've, you know we I mean? spoke a lot about this uh, in the sense of like how you invest in music and how these days we don't or uh, or kids don't get to invest that because yeah. it's just everything's there straight for them. 
being recommended to them by Genius on Spotify. Yeah, they, they instead of listening to a track, you listen to however long a Spotify clip is, and that's like how you in, you listen to music a lot of the time. Yeah. You don't listen to albums as a body of work anymore. No. Yeah. It's, but it's you know, changed. does it matter? I don't know if it matters. I'm sorry. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it matters. I'm not one of these old people who's like, oh, the youth for today or hip hop shit. Yeah. It's, it's not shit at all. You're just not making an effort to find yeah. it. Um, it's just changed, doesn't it? And yeah. I think that, you know, sometimes people might not, if you don't invest, you, you might forget that to get the most out of it, you need to invest some time yeah. into it. I mean, if Probably. you're talking about dangerous music now, it all that like, Sad rap stuff like Lil Xan and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, mumble rap stuff. Yeah, which I I fuck, I like, absolutely love it. Some of it is. Do you, is do you know a guy called Lil Aaron? Yeah, heard of him. Have you heard yeah, a song yeah. called? It's called Drugs. Is I when recommend you release it? When do you release it? It's just like just come I out. Just come out. No, I don't really It's know. very it's it's very hilarious and yeah. very dark, but re- but really good. Um, but all of that, which is it's I mean it's literally a whole movement that is is hugely popular mm. and like amongst really young kids all based around one drug which is like a, one of the most addictive drugs you know harder to get off than yeah. heroin and um and the you know even the, the one of the biggest guys is named after the drug so it's like that's fucking so dangerous yeah. it's yeah. kids but and, and like the kids will just they'll, they'll just like they'll be on instagram and it'll be like you know someone showing all their xanax and whatever and it's like it's just a it's a bit fucking dystopian honestly yeah, yeah. and actually it's the music so, sounds it's almost an advert for Xanax yeah. they've created a genre and Xanax must be rubbing yeah, their Pfizer. hands together going yeah. but what? you know if that if that were the case but instead it's all this shit that's cut with fentanyl and stuff like that mm. that's like much more deadly right, like right. so actually the, if, if they could get proper Xanax that would be bad yeah but they don't even do that they do this like shit that's like that's that's made in someone's basement and that's just chopped up with loads of like you know, it's just like caffeine and fentanyl. Yeah, yeah. So dangerous shit. Yeah. Do you know what I've, I've, so I've just, I've been in a wheelchair for like six months. Um, cause I had an accident and I, they put me on oxy, oxycodone. Yeah. Mate. Next I level. fucking struggled to get off. Yeah. I struggled so fucking hard to get off that shit. I can't, before I've been like, you know, I've been like, Oh, you know, I've, drink too much and whatever and like I'm addicted I can't, I can't stop smoking whatever this is next level shit and it, and then Xanax is is worse than that in the end I just had to cold turkey it and yeah. literally I was like sweating and shaking in bed for, for three days what was so addictive about it? so it's like at first you take it and it's like oh you know it makes you feel nice the same shit that like Prince was taking and stuff sure. and like Eminem was addicted to and stuff um but you you take it at first and you're like, well, you know, I was in lots of pain. I had of course fucking, I've got my leg is metal, like the top half of my leg. Sa- just... Sam shown us the uh, your war wounds, mate. Yeah, They're pretty yeah. fucking it's scary. Serious scars. Yeah. yeah um, so they so at first it does it it gets rid of your pain and it makes you feel good, but then it kind of it, it sort of crosses over into it's the only thing that can take away the feeling, the, th- the creeping kind of feelings yeah. of horror, like the horrible sure. feelings. It just builds that soul dependence. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's what, it's not what it, what you feel like when you're on it. It's like when you're not on it, yeah. you feel it's the horrible yeah, and yeah. you want to cry. I like, was bawling. Oh. Do you know what? I looked up at that shelf of books there when I'd been without it for one day and I was, I couldn't believe how many books there were in the world and that I wouldn't have time to read all of them. And I was like, I just burst into tears. Yeah. 
And that was really weird. And then, I, so then I got back on it again and I tried to give up another time. And then I kept thinking about my mum in the, in the eighties. And like when it was, when it was like Woolworths and stuff and yeah. her shopping like in Worthing yeah. and I couldn't be there cause I wasn't born yet. Yeah. And it made me cry yeah, and yeah. cry. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, like I never, I, mm. I don't fucking cry at anything, yeah. but it just set me off and it was horrible. And it's like, you f- it's fucking intense. And so yeah. you just had to, I just had to, to go completely without it. And now I'm not, no, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't even drink anymore. Yeah. Can you tell her, do you mind talking about the accident? No. I'm so you fell, you fell out of a balcony, yeah. like in that, uh, that like anti-drinking advert in the, like the yeah. late, late 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. So what the I fuck mean, happened, dude? Uh, this wasn't in the UK, was it? No, it was in Denmark. So it was like 1st of September. I was at work in a camp in Denmark. It's like a songwriting camp. And it was all these like really, I was like so excited to be there. All these famous American like musicians that I was like, just it was it was such a great opportunity for me to to work with them. So I got a bit carried away, and you know, like honestly, I was just working too hard. Like I was working every day, and yeah. in order to work that hard, I had to drink, blast like, I I had to like take like downers to sleep, which was the main thing. Anyway, so I just got really really pissed, and they were like champ. There was champagne and everything. Just being like a dickhead, like everyone else was just going like, "Oh no, I've got, I'm gonna go to bed," and I'm like, "All right, why'd you go to bed?" It's like, <laughs> I was like, "The champagne's free." Like, <laughs> like you're the losers, do you not understand? <laughs> um, I was like that. Another camp, actually, another camp that I did, which was with Biff. He's this guy from Brighton. He's like a real legend. He wrote all the Spice Girls stuff, and he had a camp, right. and he, they had free beer, and I was like, and everyone was. It was the morning, and everyone was like, "Oh, you can't have beer," and I'm like, "No, no, it's." It's free beer. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was drinking in the morning, like all day. I just drank the whole, I, that was fine. Um, and anyway, I just had been drinking, drinking, drinking for fucking years. Like years. I haven't had, I hadn't had a day off drinking for years. And I, I would never have considered myself to be someone with a drinking problem. I just was always drunk and it was fine. I was like, yeah. would, and I would just take a sleeping pill and go sleep. And I would just do that for 15 years did that. Anyway, yeah, completely functioning. Mm. Yeah, high functioning. Because yeah. I fuck, you know, my yeah. career's been going better and better. Yeah, yeah. So it's been really good. Yeah. So, so I, and I think that, you know, you know how like a, 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 a baseball player will like chew tobacco whether yeah. they score a home run and they have to chew tobacco every time. And I was a bit like that. I was like, all right, well, I just drink through and that's kind of my, I just juggled my sanity and it's kind of works out all right. So I would do that, and then I had a, a scare in in Philadelphia, like the summer before last summer, um, where I ended up and I was having seizures and stuff because I got pissed and fell off my friend's shoulders and oh. smacked my head and was seizing and stuff. I kept going into seizure, so that was in his hospital for a bit. That was fucked up, and that was my wake up call that I just fucking mm. slept through, pressed the fucking snooze button on that wake up call. <laughs> so then and then this so then the yeah. you know the year later and I was at this thing and I you know I kind of knew I, I like I knew it was a fucking bad I knew it was I was on thin ice obviously yeah. anyway I smoked some weed and I don't really smoke weed not when I'm drunk like yeah, I can smoke true. it when I'm sober in the afternoon yeah. and it's make and it's fine but like so I smoked weed and then I was like fuck I feel really really stoned and I was like I can sort of remember going like Dude, I'm so fucking stoned. I'm gonna have to go to bed. So I went to bed, took a sleeping pill. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Went to bed. Wake up in hospital. Shit. With fucking, I'd been airlifted, 
And my friend Corey, who's another songwriter who was there with me, he was he could see out of my balcony, the fourth floor balcony. And I was there naked. My leg was literally like parallel to my body the other way up. So my leg was detached. It wasn't attached to my body anymore, my leg. Oh my God. I, do you know what I tell you what I did? I broke my pelvis, which is really dangerous. You yeah. can die it's yeah, really easily. Sure. I broke my leg in five places. I broke every rib. I punctured both my lungs. Every rib? Yeah. I punctured both my lungs. I broke my shoulder blade and I completely fucked up my hand to the point where now I can't play guitar anymore. And uh, so then now I've just, I haven't touched alcohol yeah. and I've been so much happier. Yeah. I'm like, I actually feel really. It's and you're fun, you feel like also like the work side of thing, you're still fr- smashing it. You feel I'm like you're functioning. Now because yeah, I, yeah. Can, I, can, I can concentrate. Yeah. So actually, it's you haven't like, got to manage anything. No, no. And do you know what? It's so freeing. Like, if I, if anyone, if anyone listening to this is thinking like, oh, I wish I didn't, I wish I could especially with sleeping pills they're yeah. such a kind of crux and and people who are addicted to pain medicine and stuff like that it feels so fucking hardcore when you're in it and you just think you can't shake it off but once you just push through it's just like honestly you're the other side and you're like oh that was fucking easy even drinking mm-hmm. is like I drank a lot it's so fucking easy just stop drinking obviously it wasn't that easy because I had to nearly die mm. when I was in hospital so I woke up in hospital. I had like yeah, because I mean, straight up, most people probably wouldn't have walked well no, walked no, away I, to survive what happened. So the a f- couple of weeks after I'd been in the hospital in in Denmark, I saw one of the nurses crying, and I she didn't speak English. So I said mm. to one of the other nurses, I was like, "Why is why is she, uh, she crying?" And she said, "Oh well, you, you they had a grief meeting about your death, and and so she's crying because you didn't die because I was like one of the first people that she'd had from." from like intensive care and they were she, they were saying oh well, he's going to die so just just like so you're aware like you know I know you've but you've got a relationship with him um, so you know we just want to give you and so I didn't die there was, was, there was stuff going on social media that you died wasn't there yeah yeah I know it's yeah. still up there if you search my name it's like that I died someone said but, <laughs> fuck yeah well, do you know what and that is like but now I'm just like oh well like I'm not dead, so like actually mm. every day is fucking wicked. And yeah, I yeah. never thought that before. Do you know, it's really all every. Do you know what? Every cliche is a cliche because it's because it's fucking true. Yeah, they say obviously. And it's, and like the kind of like you nearly die and then you realise what you have. Yeah. And like I'm like oh I nearly lost this life and then you kind of look back at your life and you think fucking hell that would have been such a waste. Yeah. I think that about Lil Peep who's the fucking the the, the guy the rapper that died from from sh- shitty fentanyl. Xanax stuff yeah. like he was starting to do stuff with Diplo and it was like and starting like, to blow up he was really mm. starting to blow up and his, his records were, were so good you can fuck me that's a reminder for photo and car park oh, so <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, and you yeah you look at what you look at his records and they're they're screaming for help it's yeah. like fucking Amy Winehouse yeah. Yeah. Like, that makes me sad every yeah, day yeah, I think yeah. about that every day and it yeah. makes me fucking sad it's I'm such a wimp about it but like I met her like a few, a handful of times, but I, it still fucking eats me up, shit like that. And I don't know why I was just happy to drink myself almost to death many, many times. Yeah. But um, it's I, it's easy to watch it, someone else go through it and to sort of advise and say, oh, well, you just don't do that. But life is just these little, d- little deviations towards something yeah. else. And before you know it, you're in it and yeah. you're like, fuck, how do I now get and, out know, of this? It's easy to say, well, why didn't someone else say, why are you doing that? And they kind, you know, kind of did. I, I always would sort of joke about 
when I got married, like, no, why did anyone let me get married? When it was like, mm. obviously a bit of like a definitely bad idea. <laughs> and I was just like, kind of like, tra la la, I'm going to get married. This yeah. would be so fun and fun. And like, yeah. and someone should have just said, like, my mum should have just said, dude, like, by the way, th- it's quite mental. Do you think if they did, you listened? Uh, I, I mean, definitely people have said, people. The thing is, it's like people like me when I'm drunk and fun because I can't. It's it all goes back to the kind of dangerous, you know, keep the R. Kelly and Chris Brown out of it. But like the <laughs> the, the G. Jalen, just like that. Yeah. It, it goes back to to the Icarus line and all that. You know, it's it's like I want to live fun and and kind of I want to live a dangerous life. Yeah, like we all do. Yeah, it's like yeah. that's what you want. You want to yeah. like yeah. push everything. because yeah, because sure. it's fun. Like you you don't want to just like spend your weekends going to Comet and picking out a fucking soda stream well, yeah. like, but loads of people do it's but, just but a, I wonder if they do want that no if soda stream do want to sponsor yeah, us yeah, I'd yeah, love a fucking soda stream but you know what it, like, like, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean and I think I think it, it's like especially because I, I, you know, I, I am so like I like punk and, and hardcore and, and rock and roll and whatever and, and, and stuff like that and it's like you want to just be like it, it you, you kind of want to wear that. Yeah, but everyone wants to be more interesting than they probably think they are, don't yeah. they? Everybody, I, like, yeah, I think that's it. I think, I think, no one, no one wants to be like, yes, dear. Guy, exactly. You know what I mean? A lot of people think. are, but especially if you've got, you know, a, a creative mind as well. I think if you know, if you work in music, film, and the arts, you're surrounded by a lot of larger than life people yeah. and lots of, you know, exciting stories that you're constantly hearing, and you just think, oh god, like I want to be. More interesting than yeah. I am. Do you know what I mean? And do you know what's the right. least the, the least interesting that you thing you can do is like drink a load of booze and do a load of coke. Exactly. It's, it's like that's the number one least interesting. Definitely. thing. Definitely, yeah. and he's such a crutch uh, in youth. Like I was tied up in alcohol culture, and I yeah. I, I, I had my time with uh, drugs and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, you can you find yourself using it as a bit of a crutch, and it turns you off of other things. And, and like you, know you say, what? it becomes boring. It's and boring. And I see friends of mine who are so fucking talented and so interesting, and like came up at the same time as me, and like you know the people that I went to school. Like we went to school with like I went to university with metronomy and stuff, and yeah. they all obviously wow. did like yeah. really well. All these people, and I see people that were part of that, but they kind of chose. They were like, I I was like, I'm going to choose doing music, and they were mm. like, I'm going to choose doing coke and like <laughs> yeah. now they're still just as interesting but they're just they're just f- kind of flittering around the kind of brighton being like whatever and yeah. it's like which is actually why i'm really excited to move to london i'm like finally kind of because london's so expensive i finally got enough money to like buy an actual like like buy somewhere in london so so i'm at, even though i should have done it like 20 years mm. ago I'm, I'm kind of making the move oh congratulations but it's, man. It's re- it feels yeah. really good and it, I'm I kind of like, I think I've been such a late bloomer at everything. And I think it's kind of like, it, it's kind of helped. Cause Do you I've know had what a though, mate? I to... think a lot of things, a lot of us, we think that we're late bloomers. But I think a lot of us don't actually hit adulthood a lot later than what oh, you know, pe- people sort of, yeah. sort of Or advertise. do we even hit, is yeah. adulthood yeah. even, is, is it's it It's a just... bit of a fake, yeah. it's a bit of a red herring. Yeah, I think, I think it is. I wonder if, it, if it's like a false... Because so, yeah. if it if it does exist, there's no way I'm, I can't imagine myself ever being. No, able. no. Yeah. But even like I'm saying about even stuff like trying to trying to like I've, I didn't know there was a freehold and leasehold was different. Yeah. yeah and yeah, like yeah. that's cost me like a ton of money. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
and it's like yeah but then you you, you choose you choose your knowledge don't you you know yeah. for, for, to yeah, be honest not on, a, not a mortgage advisor's not going to pick up a guitar yeah. and write a fucking and do you know what your bra- you, the, the brain has a limited capacity especially yeah. like at a you know, at one time, you can only concentrate on one thing. Mm-hmm. And I always think the reason I wouldn't be able to do the job that I do and concentrate on writing a song if I was, if 50% of my brain was concerned with like... Pedestrian stuff. Do yeah. You know, where, where, what, 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 I've got to pay tax on Definitely. this and kind yeah. of, oh, well, this, so I just, I just swerve all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, like, that gets me, you know, that sometimes that's really horrible because I'm like, oh, I I'm feel like confused by life yeah, a lot yeah. Yeah. Like, also like I'm 36 and it's that hasn't mattered yet so yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. whatever yeah uh, dude you write with uh, people you work with sometimes we've just had him on the show as well Nick Hodgson from oh, the Kaiser yeah. Chiefs yeah he was fucking wicked wasn't he yeah, yeah. he did top five uh, what was it uh, rock movies, and roll documentaries uh, or films yeah film, music films oh, oh, it was really good but what what a nice dude he was and yeah. I heard I think it was on Pip's one it said you, you, you sort of work with him and stuff yeah, yeah, like that yeah he's like a really good friend actually yeah yeah, yeah. Cool yeah, he's we- wicked. He's actually done really well because he's 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 sort of decided that he didn't really want to do songwriting, and now he's he's just concentrating on his own stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's just and been he's touring, hasn't he? It's gone really mm. well. It's yeah, like brilliant. Mm. So it's been a real success for him. So actually, yeah, that's that's really wicked. So, Sam, if people want to find out what you're up to now, like, oh, I don't know, like, yeah. where where can they find out, mate? Uh, just like, um, if you do at Samuel Preston, yeah, on the various things. They'll find that's you. That's where I am. So if we, when we put this out, um, you call if we tag you in it and get our yeah. listeners to uh, throw in what they what they would have put yeah, in their yeah, top yeah, fives. Yeah, Musicians are. All right, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. So Dude, I, I'm gutted that we've got to go because I I've really enjoyed this. There yeah. was loads of other things I wanted to chat chat to you yeah, about. I had C- curious, <laughs> but it's time has just flown. Um, Oh, but man, I was going to do as well. Feels oh, fucking hell, good. yeah. That and also been a the, good one. the thing about when the Stranglers, <laughs> they had a bad enemy review, and they got the journalist from the enemy, and they strung him up backstage, like on the ba- on the backdrop, while they were doing their gig, <laughs> which was so wicked. That's amazing. Oh, band, they're like such an underrated. <laughs> yeah. They're just a what up there for me. Stranglers. They they played Cliffs in South End three weeks ago. Obviously oh, without, without oh, Hugh, yeah. like, but uh, oh, what a band. Yeah, what really a band. Well. Uh, uh, oh, I've completely forgot we should have got Spectre in there Sam we, we will return we yeah, will return yeah I think so man I and, think uh, it would be good to catch up we need, we'll, we'll, we'll do another five yeah well, when you're in London we'll come to London Perfect. and we'll check yeah, out your yeah, new gaff brilliant and, uh, yeah for sure and yeah we'll, we'll do that Sam thanks mate, loads it's been man. a pleasure bro we, we're going to get a photo now and we're going to make sure in the photo we've got um, the little stuffed yeah, Gigi oh, Allen toy in the photo yeah, as well thanks loads buddy told you you sort like that Hackles at Gigi Allin. If you haven't looked him up yet, yeah, guaranteed you are now. Yeah, and then you're gonna see some weird shit if you YouTube. Uh, because I genuinely, Gigi. I genuinely after that, I yeah. couldn't help but go and yeah. go down the Gigi Allin fucking rabbit hole, and it's insane. Yeah, it is. There's yeah. loads. Of, there's enough footage and documentaries for you yeah. to go. Oh well, yeah, he's doing that. He's doing yeah. that right there, having a big poo. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks again to, 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 to Sam for inviting us down to Brighton and, and, and in, into his home to, to chat. Um, wish we could have chatted for longer, but uh, as, as mentioned at the beginning, we was on a parking meter that was yeah. going to run out, and it's not cheap to park in Brighton. Nah, mate. Because it's a super 
cool place. Yeah. Um, let's do some shout-outs, right? Yes, let's do that. Let's do it. Our sponsors, our lovely sponsors, Love Beer. And Bang Boom um, Creative. And Bang Boom Creative, yeah. yeah. Those guys have been with us for a long time now. Yeah. Um, and it's good to... Um, uh, Charles from Love Beer come around the other night um, and... He just has nothing but good stuff to say. He's he's just come around and said, "Look, since being involved with you guys, like you know, don't get me wrong, we're we're not taking credit for the success of his business. Of he's not. hard work that's got him where he no, is. No. But you know, he does credit his his marketing, uh, you know, his abilities to market online to to, to us, his following put, put growing. Business, we've put businesses away. Yeah. And so if you're a bloody sponsor, yeah, get in touch. <clears throat> yeah. Um. And um. Yeah. It's it's great. And and what's good about you, lot like, is I can see it when our friends post stuff. All our previous guests might post stuff, and it's so brilliant to see that you's lot are all following them and liking their mm-hmm. stuff. And it's it's a it is it is all about the family thing, you know. Let's mm-hmm. let's the distraction pieces has got a very very widespread family of yep. of listenership, and it's lovely. Everyone kind of seems to support each other. Yeah, and it's, I'd say incestuous, but there we go. That's just you. You are a very sexually driven man. I can't help it. Yeah. Um, so, right, your button mushroom aside, um, a big thanks to 76, our producer extraordinaire. Brad Acton, our camera gimp. Yeah, you big freaking lunkhead. Um, yep, yeah, John Harris, um, and who else? Scroobius Pip. Um, no. No? No. Oh, okay. Don't, don't have this. No. Fucking. He's a cunt. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.